Good morning. I'm Mary, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations finding out how they serve the community and getting updates on current projects. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So for today's show, I'm speaking with... I'm Julie Warren. I'm the Vice President of Operations at Tucson Medical Center. And my name is Roxanne Majeski-Hiller, and I am the development manager for the Tucson Market for American Cancer Society. <laughs> yes. And so um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And, um, you know, I've known a lot of people in my life who have been affected by breast cancer. Uh, honestly, most people I know have some connection to someone with breast cancer. Personally, I have a friend, my mom's best friend growing up, and my own mother-in-law, shout out Terry, she's awesome. And I mention this because all of these women have survived and they continue to thrive in life. So I would like to kind of start off our conversation today just discussing some of the basic facts about breast cancer, like who is most likely affected and uh, the demographic that really needs to, you know, put focus on breast cancer and breast cancer awareness. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say it's where, where we're really focusing on in the American Cancer Society is really that Hispanic and African-American population is hugely affected by breast cancer, where, where we tend to see trends going actually down nationally for the mortality rate for breast cancer, but still for the Hispanic and Latino population and African-Americans, it is actually still rising. Mm. And so that is always, that's a huge, huge focus for us, specifically with health equity. And so that's something that we're really focused on with grants. And we're even granting a lot of money in the, in the, the Tucson market for that as well. Mm -hmm. So you did mention how mortality rates have actually been declining overall, except for in these more vulnerable populations. Uh, can you expand upon um, kind of why that is? Like I can just remember from like my mom's friend when I was a kid, uh, what she went through, it seemed a lot more intensive than what my mother-in-law went through just a couple of years back. And so that's the comparison of 25 years ago versus five years ago. There's definitely been a lot of change um, within treatment. Can you expand upon that for me a little bit? Yes. So uh, I think what really makes this population is all about kind of the culture and kind of where they're located as well. And so we are really investing in our Get Screened campaign and where we're providing more educational awareness with screening. And something that we're really concerned about is that with COVID, we've seen like average screening go rates go down and that's something that we're really trying to advocate for at the American Cancer Society now is especially with these populations because the earlier you catch it the the most the more likelihood of uh, getting it cured and so that's probably that's probably the biggest reason why uh, mortality rates have declined is because of uh, getting screened regularly can I just hear a bit more about breast cancer screening? You know, you need to do at-home personal exams. Um, is that still recommended or is it more so, you know, making appointments? And uh, I guess what's most recommended for screening and like when should you start screening for breast cancer? You should start screening for breast cancer but at the age of 40 and you should do it once a year still recommending doing uh, doing yourself home, but definitely uh, making your doctor's appointment and going once a year. 
Are there other prevention measures that are recommended in addition to uh, doing the screenings and the doctor's appointments? This is Julie. It's really, I'd like to say, um, my history is very similar to what you described. Um, My mom had a friend who died very young of breast cancer, and I was very young at the time. So she caught hers late. My mom had uh, breast cancer, caught hers early and survived from it. I had breast cancer and caught it early from self-exams and um, are five-year survivor of it. The prevention strategies um, for our community for any cancer is a healthy diet, which um, like Roxanne mentioned, might be difficult for some people to understand even what a healthy diet is or how to access a healthy diet. Um, Healthy diets tend to cost more than being able to feed a family um, with fast food or something not as healthy. Exercise, not smoking, pretty much anything we say for any um, cancer, um, it's also preventative for breast cancer. Uh, Would you be able to speak to some of the rates of cancer seen within our own community here in Tucson? Yeah, so especially with the, because Tucson has such a huge Hispanic and Latino population, it's really prevalent. And and just speaking with a lot of survivors in the Hispanic and Latino population is people aren't getting screened regularly. And also what Julie mentioned is just the access to a healthy diet. And unfortunately, a lot of people who are in poverty are in that kind of minority group. And so it's just like that, just not having the access to it and and also not having the educational awareness to it as well. And I do want to point out, um, because breast cancer can affect more than just women, that there's male breast cancer survivors as well. Can you speak a little bit to that aspect of breast cancer? Yeah, so actually in 2022, we're expecting a little over 2,700 men nationally will be diagnosed with breast cancer. Is it similar recommendations to kind of just like self-exam and uh, just do screenings as well? Yeah, I would definitely say that. I think going to the the doctor is the biggest thing. And I think it pertains to where not all men really know that men also get breast Mm -hmm. cancer as well. So I think it's very prevalent to also talk about that. And I will mention at at Pink Out the Park, we have a, a male breast cancer survivor on our committee who will actually be speaking at the event as well. Oh, that'll be wonderful. Uh, and and so you did mention Pink Out the Parks. That is the big annual event American Cancer Society hosts. And so can you tell me some of the details? This is coming up on Sunday, October 16th. Uh, so I guess, first of all, where is this going to be held this year in person? Is there going to be like a virtual hybrid component? Just tell me more about it. So it's going to be completely in person this year. And so we're really excited after two years of of having this event not in person We're excited to be bringing it back in person and also newly renamed to Pink Out the Park, formally Making Strides. And where that really came into effect is uh, really talking with survivors, caregivers, volunteers in the community. I, they really, there was kind of a resounding feedback of wanting an event centered around the Tucson community. And so that's kind of where we are now kind of creating this event specific to the Tucson community, where there's no other uh, American Cancer Society to take out the park. And so we're excited to do that. 
and TMC has just been such a great partnership, uh, really bringing this event back into effect that I'm really grateful to have them on board this year. Yeah, so I would like to turn to you, Julie, uh, with TMC. Can you tell me more about this partnership and your kind of mission for advocacy in partnering with Pink Out the Park this year? Oh, this is such an exciting event. Um, You know, um, we are Southern Arizona's community health system. Uh, We are here for the people of Tucson and our surrounding communities. Breast cancer affects so many people. It's not just about the woman who gets diagnosed with breast cancer, it's their families, it's their spouses, their kids, everybody, like you said, know somebody who has had breast cancer. So pulling a community together to support, to educate, to advocate, Um, My wish from this pink out at the park is the increasing awareness can help get people to those screening exams that are so important and increase survivorship. Absolutely. So what are going to be some of the educational opportunities that will be at this event this year? You did mention that there's going to be uh, the male breast cancer survivor. Uh, Just tell me a bit more about just the resources and what will be available for attendees. Yeah, so uh, we are grateful to have a lot of uh, health systems who are going to be vendors and sponsors in this event like TMC who are going to be providing different types of resources to those who are surviving breast, who survived breast cancer, those who are currently going through treatment, and even those who uh, have been affected in the community or want to come out and just to learn more. And so we're going to have speakers speaking on the topic. We're going to have resources a bit like I said, resources available through our many vendors in the Tucson community. So as you mentioned, this used to be uh, making strides. So is there still going to be the the walk uh, component to the event? Yes, there's still going to be a walk. It's going to be a mile long now, where I think in the past it was a little over three miles. And I think that really benefited to an opportunity to still have the walk and where at the UA Tech Park, it's really interesting where the walk's going to be completely shaded as well. And so, I don't know, I think that's that'll be nice. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the Arizona heat. But then it also lends to new opportunities where we're going to have a VIP breakfast for our survivors after the walk that Walmart is completely putting on. And then also then bringing it back to our vendors and sponsors again and giving people the time to really interact in that area as well to being able to get the resources they need. And so I think it really lends itself the opportunity where we still have the traditional walk and that that kind of like coming together moment, but also some other uh, fun activities to bring in there as well. So I had seen on your Facebook page uh, about the event, the uh, American Cancer Society's Pink Out the Park presented by TMC. That's kind of where you can type in and find it, uh, that you did have a call for volunteers recently. Um, What are some of the volunteer opportunities available at this year's event? Yeah, so we need some volunteers to help with registration, with parking, with cleanup, and we have... So you can go to our website and it's kind of right there front and center to kind of sign up for volunteer opportunities. And so I think that really helps is the more volunteers we get, the more we can create just an amazing experience for the Tucson community. Mm -hmm. 
Well, before we start wrapping up today, I would like to, so what do you want people to, attendees to just really get out of attending Pink Out the Park? I'd like to hear both of your answers on what you would like them to walk away with um, after attending Pink Out the Park. For me, it's the sense of community. Um, I think that walk is so important and I love that it's a shorter walk. Um, I think it gives folks the time instead of looking at it as uh, let's get out there and run and, you know, see how fast we can do a 5k to let's take this walk as, um, as one, let's talk, let's learn about one another, let's give a suggestion to someone. That's what I hope to take um, offer and take away from this is that it's a sense of community and how we support each other through this. Yeah, and I did want to mention that is a, a very, because cancer can be kind of a lonely thing to go through. And so being able to make those interpersonal connections, I feel can be very just helpful in uh, recovery and growth and continuing um, on your journey. So important. So important. Yeah. And, and what would you say, Roxanne, what do you really hope that people would um, get from coming to Pink Out the Park? Yeah, I think it goes back to kind of when I had those conversations initially with breast cancer survivors is what Julie said. It's all about community and making sure that I feel in talking with a lot of these people is that in hearing their journeys is it's been a very lonely process. And especially with COVID and not having this opportunity to come together, we're bringing that opportunity back for communities to just like come together for those who haven't been a part of this event yet to join our community, for those who have been for a long time, it's just like a really celebratory coming back and just realizing again that we're not alone and we can get through anything. Absolutely. Well, where is the best place for people to get more information about uh, this year's Pink Out the Park presented by TMC Health as well as getting registered for the event and more? You can go to www.tucsonpinkout.com. That's kind of where every everything is updated regularly, and that's probably the best place. And I would say uh, register, and also realizing that this is a fundraising event as well. And so realizing that all the, all the money raised for this is going to go back to uh, breast cancer research and continuing on to lowering those mortality rates. Absolutely. Well, before we close off today, is there anything else either of you would like to add before we wrap up? Come out and walk with us. Yeah, come out and walk and pink out the park. And I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to TMC Health again for being the presenting sponsor for this event. It's been truly inspiring working with them. And I can't wait uh, for October 16th. Thank you so much for sharing all this great information. For more information and to register for Pink Out the Park, October 16th at UA Tech Park, go to www.tucsonpinkout.com. I'm Mary, and you're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. In addition to October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. For the next portion of today's show, I am sharing a portion of my recent conversation with Ed Sakwa, the CEO at Emerge Center Against Domestic Abuse. So as I mentioned earlier, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and so I would like to take some time now to hear about the ways that Emerge is planning to spread awareness through the month of October and the ways that our community can get involved. Yeah, so uh, first of all, folks can go to EmergeCenter.org. 
and find all kinds of information about domestic abuse, the dynamics of abuse, the services available, ways to volunteer and donate and all kinds of things. But also on that website um, is information about what we have going on in October for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, lots going on throughout the community, including um, some uh, businesses and, and groups uh, in the community doing uh, events to benefit Emerge. Um, that's all on the, the calendar of events that we have on our website. Um, but a couple of, of highlight, highlights from our end, uh, on Thursday, October 20th is Wear Purple Day. And that's something that we do annually, um, ask everybody to wear purple. Uh, that's the, the designated color for domestic violence for whatever reason nationally. Um, so we ask everybody to wear purple on Thursday the 20th as a way to show survivors in the community that we stand with them mm -hmm. and that we are in this um, with them. And so uh, as a sh show of unity, we hope people will do that. And then there's information on the website about how they folks can send pictures to us of them wearing purple. Some, you know, we see businesses with all their employees wearing purple that day, and, and we're able to share that um, back out into the community to kind of show everybody um, the kind of support that exists. Two days later, on Saturday, the 22nd of October, we have a Stuff the Bus event at the Loft Cinema from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, so the Loft on Speedway there, we'll have a, a Suntran bus out there and hope that folks would be willing to bring by um, supplies, kind of basic need supplies, and there's a list of what we need on our website. But it's those things that we provide to folks who are coming into our emergency shelter facility. They're often coming in with a garbage bag full of belongings, and that's it. Uh, and so to, to help people start over and have their basic needs met, um, we certainly hope the community will help us do that. And then uh, on uh, Wednesday the 12th and Wednesday the 19th, we've got a couple of community conversations that we're having that is looking at the intersection of domestic violence and racism and violence in our community and how that um, impacts um, parts of our community uh, in, in ways that it doesn't impact all of us and how we've got to be thoughtful about that piece as well. So lots going on, but those are kind of the, the big things. Um, and just in general, we hope that folks are going to be um, uh, thinking about the issue, talking about the issue a little bit, and the, tr the trap of an awareness month or an awareness week or whatever it is that we have for all kinds of issues is that, you know, Domestic violence is happening 365 days a year in this community, and we can't get stuck in thinking, oh, it's October, we'll talk about it, and then we'll move on to whatever's next in November, but really to use it as a chance to just kind of highlight it, reinvigorate ourselves um, to take on this difficult issue, because um, it's ultimately a community solution, and so we need the community to be engaged and thinking about it and educating themselves about it all year long. I, I would like to circle back to those community conversations. Um, so I did see that you need to register to attend. Is that correct? Or is yes. it okay? Yes. And, and that uh, information is on the website mm -hmm. as well. Wonderful. So I am curious if there are businesses who would like to partake in a fundraising event or awareness events, uh, does Emerge have resources available to kind of direct them in the right path or how they can get involved and actually be making a difference? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that information is at EmergeCenter.org as well, or they can email info at EmergeCenter.org um, to reach out and, and connect with us because, yes, we love it when businesses 
um, participate in that way, not only because it helps generate the, the items or the dollars that we need to do this work, but also, again, it's a community issue. This is not something Emerge can fix in our community alone. And we need partners. We need um, all of us to be involved in it. And every time that a business does that and they, they uh, engage their employees and their customer base in doing that, it keeps spreading that information and awareness in an important way. Um, but yes, it, it can. there are things that are more helpful than others, obviously, in terms of things we have a higher need for um, at that time. And so if folks reach out to us, we are happy to, to talk about um, what that is and, and make, it, make it a good fit for us and for them. So um, kind of in a different direction now, I remember seeing news of expansion for your shelter. Can you give me a bit of an update on what is going on there and uh, the fundraising, what plans are happening right now? Yeah, we are very excited about this. Um, we, as I said earlier, we're the only uh, domestic violence uh, specific shelter in Tucson and uh, serve hundreds of people through that shelter every year. Uh, and it's an important piece because it's for those most at risk of being killed uh, is, is who comes into our shelter. And so um, we have had a communal facility, shared bedrooms, shared bathrooms, shared everything um, forever. And it has never been a, a good model, <laughs> it's never been what we wanted it to be, but it's what we had available. Um, and it, it's not only been good because it's, um, it's not designed well for healing or for trauma victims to have to share all every space all the time in the midst of that crisis. Um, but it's also not good for the spread of communicable illnesses. And when COVID came along, it was yeah. absolutely not possible to use. Um, and so we've been in a third party facility for the last couple of years um, in order to have some non-congregate um, individual living um, spaces. And now we are going to be able to rebuild our emergency shelter facility to be non-congregate so that every family will have their own essentially studio apartment um, that will allow them to have their own private space um, for them and their kids um, to heal, to have privacy, um, to have quiet, um, to do what they need to do as, um, as their next steps, and then also have some communal shared areas to create a sense of community for people that are going through some similar things and can often find support in that. So it's going to provide us the best of both worlds. We are hoping uh, that construction will start uh, here this fall and be done by next fall. Um, we are absolutely um, looking for community support um, uh, for this very expensive but very much needed um, project. And the, the great thing is we have an anonymous donor um, who made a, a million dollar gift on behalf of the Connie Hillman Family Foundation um, who says that they will match 50 cents on the dollar of any new gifts or increasing gifts that we receive over the next several years. Um, they will match that uh, and that will, will go up to a million dollars in support of our shelter renovation. So people can give to us with that, without restriction, just in general support of what we do. And then this donor will match uh, in support of the shelter renovation. So you can kind of do both. You can support our, our daily operations and then uh, trigger the, the giving in support of the renovation as well. Mm -hmm. For information on how to donate or give to Emerge, is that available on the website as well? Or? It is, and it, and it kind of breaks down the, the complicated uh, match grant I was just mm -hmm. describing as well. Uh, but yes, all of that is at EmergeCenter.org. Wonderful. Well, before we wrap up today, uh, what is the main thing that you would like listeners to take away from our conversation today? 
I think it's simply that, uh, you know, we th often think of domestic violence as a private matter because it's in a relationship or inside of a home. And we think, well, that's their business. The reality is when we're looking at, uh, there's 15,000 calls to 911 each year in Tucson and Pima County for domestic violence. And we know that that is the tip of the iceberg because so much of domestic violence is not against the law. You cannot call law enforcement because somebody calls you a nasty word or degrades you or, you know, cheats on you or on and on and on, all the things we talked about earlier. So that's just people who needed an armed intervention in their relationship. And we know that only one in 10 cases get reported. So when you start doing the math of how many incidents there are, and then as we were talking about earlier, the ripple effect of all the people involved, this is no private matter. This is a public health and public safety issue. It is a community issue and it requires a community solution. It requires us to stop laughing at jokes mm -hmm. that objectify women. It's up to us as a whole community to stop minimizing um, all the things we were talking about earlier and to reach out and support survivors and offer help to abusive partners as well. Because at the end of the day, the violence will only stop when they stop it. So we need all folks involved to know that there's support and help out there. Um, but that requires all of us. Again, Emerge can't do it. We can't arrest our way out of this. It, it's all going to be about the community changing our willingness to discuss this issue and to support all parties involved. And that's what I hope folks will, will take away. Well, before I let you go, we just give again those key dates uh, for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And then as well, we just provide again the phone number and uh, contact information for Emerge. Absolutely. EmergeCenter.org gives you access to all of the information we've talked about, including that calendar of events for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. In the next uh, week or so, we'll also have a toolkit uh, up on the website that will um, help folks um, celebrate uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, Thursday, uh, October 20th, please wear purple, show your support, send us your pictures, uh, come out to stuff the bus at the Loft Cinema, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the 22nd, uh, go to the website, sign up for those community conversations looking at the intersection of domestic violence and racism uh, on the 12th and 19th, and then again, uh, anybody who is looking to get information about um, abuse they are suffering or to support those who are, call our 24-7 hotline. It's multilingual uh, and it is 520-795-4266. Wonderful. Ed, thank you so much for this conversation today. And I really appreciate taking this time to uh, speak with me and share all this great information. No, thank you. We really appreciate you highlighting this important issue in our community. That was Ed Sakwa, CEO of Emerge Center Against Domestic Abuse. And their website again is emergecenter.org. I'm Mary, and you've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. Join me next week for a conversation with the American Cancer Society talking about Pink Out the Park that is coming up on Sunday, October 16th. If you're part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of our Lifestyle Tucson program, reach out to me by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the show or to listen back to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, or espntucson.com. <laughs>